In this episode of the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Romans chapter 3. I'm Stephanie Rodnes, and welcome to the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. My goal is to encourage the discouraged with scripture, inspiration, and resources to help you do exactly what God purposed you to do on this earth, become a Christian entrepreneur. The definition of a Godlywood girl is a woman of Christ who says yes to her God-given purpose, no matter what everyone else tries to say or do. So if you are stepping into your purpose as a Christian entrepreneur, welcome to the Godlywood Girl Sisterhood. You are my people, and I can't wait to meet you. Now let's dive into today's episode. And remember, if you want to join me for these live recordings on Godlywood Girl's Instagram feed, join me at Godlywood Girl on Instagram now. Let's dive right in. So let's get started with the word of prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your beauty. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you so much for being the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the bright morning star, Father God. And I just pray your blessing over the reading of this word. Help us be able to see what you want us to see and hear what you want us to hear. I love you so much. Thank you so much for everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today we are diving into Romans chapter 3. And you'll remember that um, Paul wrote the book of Romans about 20 to 30 years after his salvation, after he came to Christ in that moment in Damascus. So he is a seasoned Christian at this point. He has been teaching or planting churches all over Rome, all over this area. And so he has churches in Corinth. He has the Ephesians church. He's got so many churches that he has planted. So his goal is to return back to this church in Rome because they're they're a good they're a good memory for him. They're they're a good source of encouragement for him because they're a church who truly does love the Lord. However, this issue has come up in this Roman church because there are many practicing Jews inside of this Roman church and there are many practicing Gentiles, which Gentiles are non-Jews. And so the Jews were starting to tell the Gentiles that they needed to be circumcised in order to really have salvation. And this was causing a lot of Gentiles to kind of be like, I don't know about all this. (laughs) So Paul heard about this issue and he wrote this book uh, to the Roman church in order to explain what salvation really is, which is really just believing in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It's not by works. It's literally by faith that we are saved. So that's why Paul wrote this book to the church in Rome. It was literally to explain salvation because they were having that issue between the Jews and the Gentiles. But this book has transformed so many of our lives in this century. For me, before I read the book, before I understood the book of Romans, I used to think that every time I sinned, I lost my salvation. It was after my youth pastor at the time, Mr. Bill, did a study on the book of Romans that I understood that salvation is forever. There is not, once you have given your heart to Christ, there's nothing you can ever do to mess that up because his sacrifice on the cross is all that we need to have that salvation. That is called justification. And that's what we're going to be reading about in Romans chapter three today. So let's get started with Romans chapter three, the message translation. It says, so what difference does it make who's a Jew and who isn't, who has been trained in God's ways and who hasn't? As it turns out, it makes a lot of difference, but not the difference so many have assumed. First, there's the matter of being put in charge of writing down and caring for God's revelation, these holy scriptures. So what if, in the course of doing that, some of those Jews abandon their posts? God didn't abandon them. Do you think their faithlessness cancels out his faithlessness? Not on your life. Depend on it. God keeps his word even when the whole world is lying through its teeth. Scripture says the same. 
Your words stand fast and true. Rejection doesn't faze you. But if our wrongdoing only underlies and confirms God's right doing, shouldn't we be commended for helping out? Since our bad words don't even make a dent in his good words, isn't it wrong of God to back us to the wall and hold us to our word? These questions come up. The, question, the answer to such questions is no, a most emphatic no. How else would things ever get straightened out if God didn't do the straightening? Verse 7, it's simply perverse to say, if my lie served to show off God's truth all the more gloriously, why blame me? I'm doing God a favor. Some people are actually trying to put such words into our mouths, claiming that we go around saying the more evil we do, the more good God does. So let's just do it. That's pure slander, as I'm sure you'll agree. Verse 9. So where does that put us? Do we Jews get a better break than the others? Not really. Basically, all of us, whether insiders or outsiders, start out in identical conditions, which is to say that we all start out as sinners. Scripture leaves no doubt about it. There's nobody living right, not even one. Nobody who knows the score. Nobody alert for God. They've all taken the wrong turn. They've all wandered down blind alleys. No one's living right. I can't find a single one. Their throats are gaping graves. Their tongues slick as mudslides. Every word they speak is tinged with poison. They open their mouths and pollute the air. They race for the honor of sinner of the year. Litter the land with heartbreak and ruin. Don't know the first thing about living with others. They never give God the time of day. This makes it clear, doesn't it, that whatever is written in these scriptures is not what God says about others, but to us to whom these scriptures were addressed in the first place. And it's clear enough, isn't it, that we're sinners, every one of us, in the same sinking boat with everybody else. Our involvement with God's revelation doesn't put us right with God. What it does is force us to face our complicity in everyone else's sin. Verse 21. But in our time, something new has been added. And here's where justification comes in, guys. Verse 21. But in our time, something new has been added. What Moses and the prophets witnessed to all those years has happened. The God setting things right that we read about has become Jesus setting things right for us. And not only for us, but for everyone who believes in him. For there is no difference between us and them in this. Since we've complied this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us, God did it for us. Out of the sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself. A pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. All right, so thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Let's pause for a moment for today's sponsor. Verse 25, God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear that world of sin. Having faith in him sets us in the clear. God decided on this course of action in full view of the public to set the world in the clear with himself through the sacrifice of Jesus finally taking care of the sins he had so patiently endured. This is not only clear, but it's now. This is current history. God sets things right. He also makes it possible for us to live in his rightness. Verse 27. So where does that leave our proud Jewish insider claims and counterclaims? Canceled? Yes, canceled. What we've learned is this. God does not respond to what we do 
We respond to what God does. We finally figured it out. Our lives get in step with God and all others by letting him set the pace, not by proudly or anxiously trying to run the parade. Verse 29, and where does that leave our proud Jewish claim of having a corner on God? Also canceled. God is the God of outsider non-Jews as well as insider Jews. How could it be otherwise since there is only one God? God sets right all who welcome his action and enter into it, both those who follow our religious system and those who have never heard of our religion. But by shifting our focus from what we do to what God does, don't we cancel out all our careful keeping of the rules and ways God commanded? Not at all. What happens, in fact, is that by putting that entire way of life in its proper place, we confirm it. Whew, that was so much that Paul just said. That was Romans chapter 3. There was so much goodness in there. Oh my goodness. First of all, when he's talking about the difference between the outsiders or the insiders, he is talking about at this time in the Roman church, like I was telling you in the beginning, there, there were people who were Jews, who were born Jews, who were circumcised, and there are people who were Gentiles, who were born Romans and were not circumcised. And so the Jews and the Gentiles were having this little schism between them because the Jews were trying to get the Gentiles to be circumcised. So what Paul is saying is that being an insider, quote-unquote, being circumcised, does not give you justification, does not make you saved. What makes you saved is believing in Jesus and what he did on the cross. And therefore, there's no reason to go to the Gentiles and force them to be circumcised because that has nothing to do with their salvation. He's saying that this, this thing that existed before Jesus came, where we follow the law of Moses to a T, where we are following all the laws in Deuteronomy, we are following all the laws step by step. Don't eat shellfish. Don't do piercings. Don't do tattoos. All those laws step by step. What Paul is saying is that those laws that existed to make us righteous with God, nobody could obey them. Not one person could obey them. <laughs> Everybody fell short. Every single person, Jew, non-Jew, Gentile, wherever it was, every person fell short. And so what God did was because we weren't able to do it on our own, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And through what God did, through that sacrifice, we are now saved. If we believe and have faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross, we have salvation. God took it out of our hands for us to have to follow every single law to the T in order to be righteous. He took that out of our hands and he made us righteous through the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. That is how we are saved. That is how we are declared righteous. That is how we are justified. It is through faith in the sacrifice that Jesus made. Nothing else. And if there is somebody in your life telling you there's something you need to do, you need to be doing this, you need to be going there, you need to be acting like this in order to be saved, they are wrong. 100% wrong. And you can take them to Romans chapter 3 to prove it. There is nothing that we can do to be justified. All, the only way to get salvation is through faith in the, in the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. That's it. That's what Paul talks about here in Romans 3. Justification comes through believing in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Freedom, forgiveness, eternal life comes through believing in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Nobody was able to follow the law. Not one person. Nobody. So God took it out of our hands and he sent Jesus. And it's through what he did we are now saved. So let's not 
try to think that we, there's something we need to do and there's something that we need to say. Nah, sis. And when I was 14, before I understood Romans 3, that's what I thought. I thought every single time I sinned, I lost my salvation every single time. And I used to, I would, I would be one of those people who would go read it, um, give her life to the Lord, like every three, four months. <laughs> Cause I didn't understand that it wasn't through my works that I was saved. It was through belief in Christ. And that never left. I always believed in Jesus since the first moment I gave my heart to him when I was eight years old. I've always believed in Jesus. That never changed. And sin cannot make or break our salvation. It is only through belief in Christ that we are saved. And as you are, if you are ever sharing the gospel of Christ with others, Romans chapter three is a phenomenal way to share the message with other people because it really explains salvation in a step-by-step way. And if you use the message translation or their easy reading version, it is such a great way to be, to understand it. And if you are like, well, Stephanie, that's awesome, but (laughs) I actually don't know if I'm saved. Well, sis, John 3, 16 says, For God to love the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And what that means is that being saved is literally believing in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, believing in the sacrifice that he made. So if you want to make that decision today, it's very, very simple. You just say this prayer. You say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again. Today, I believe in you as my personal Lord and Savior. Sis, if you pray that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are literally celebrating you right now. Your name has been written in the book of life. Nobody can take it out. Get into a Bible-based church in your area and get started getting to know how good God is. He loves you so very much. I always recommend starting with the book of John because it's literally like the Lord's love letter to you. If you're on this and you're listening to this podcast episode or you're on this broadcast and you're like, well, Stephanie, I am saved, but I'm not quite sure what God wants me to be doing with my life. Well, sis, I have a free Find Your Purpose toolkit that'll help you discover what God purposed you to do with your life step by step based on the word of God. You can get it for free by going to PurposeGift.com. That's PurposeGift.com. Now, sisters of Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus and give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen. So that's it for today's episode of the God the Wood Girl Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. Have any questions? DM me anytime on Instagram or send an email to hello at godthewoodgirl.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to grab my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit to help you get started living God's purpose for your life at PurposeGift.com. Thanks for listening, Godly Old Girl. I'll see you on the next one.